Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. Three weeks in a row, guys. We're killing it, and we made it to the international break. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad. Guys, how have you been? Great, man. Three weeks in a row, like you said, unbelievable. I, I, I feel like the three amigos again. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here. Uh, had a day off from work, so have my mind right for this podcast and uh, ready to go here. I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of these stories. You probably are the most keen on this. Uh, what were your biggest surprises? And Tad, too, what would you think? I'd say the biggest one is definitely Jovinko getting called up. Uh, finally. I mean, he's 31 now. I think he probably could have gotten called up uh, at least two or three years ago when Toronto was actually good. Uh, they're not looking like they're going to make the playoffs this year. And he's got 12 goals, sure. But, you know, in the past couple of seasons, I mean, he's truly been the best player in MLS. Um, arguably one of the better players in MLS history with his performances. So... Uh, interesting that he gets called up now, uh, and I still think he's a good player, so let's see what happens when uh, Mancini throws him in the mix. Uh, on the other side, Cutrone and Nobalotelli, those were kind of the other ones that stood out to me, but Jovinko's got to be the big one, right, Tad? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're just doing like the musical chair for the shocker Italian call-up to deflect from the fact that Italy you know, c- couldn't beat... Uh, a a youth a U twenty team from any of the major powers. I mean the the Balotelli one. I mean we, we we act like surprised that he's not called up when the last go you know round of call ups. Everyone's like oh Balotelli's back. Um, they just they just can't find the goals and you know Belotti not making the team not getting it done. Catrone uh, you know he's he's been a, a goal scoring force uh, for Milan this year and Javinko is just like why not. Let's 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 see what he's got. He he may or may not play, and uh, you know Mancini's really got nothing to lose. He gets to look like a genius, uh, you know, where his predecessors were faltering in the past. If if uh, if Javinko plays well, and if he's just trash, at least you know it's 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 the final nail nail in the coffin on Javinko's Azzurri career. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, guys. I'm just not excited uh, about the uh, international break right now. They're they're not really they're not qualifiers, right? We're not qualifying for Euros or um, even for the U.S. Concacaf. So this just feels like kind of treading water, I guess, for me. Well, don't well, they technically? Play- sorry, technically the the Europa. I'm sorry, what the uh, Nations League it is a type of qualifying. Like if you win it, then you can get a berth to uh, the the uh, euros so that i don't know so it's worth something there uh but you know as a roma fan i think i'm i'm the most concerned about this since we're finally got a little bit of momentum and then you slap another another uh international break to kind of break that momentum up uh other than that i mean i guess it's good for for healing some some wounds on some on some of these teams well don't they have, yeah. do they play they play uh uh pole in this go around Ukraine and Poland. Yeah, so I mean, at least we 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 might get to see uh, Piatek keep on doing what he's been doing for the last eight weeks, and that score on Italian. So yeah, this might be something to look forward to. 
<laughs> All right. The Genoa faithful might uh, not really love that, but uh, that's their guy, right? Well, uh, with that, the Polish Pistolero, we, he's definitely making some big news in week eight of the Serie A. So, so why don't we get into it, guys? Uh, week eight, starting off with the rundown. Not a single tie in the entire league this week, but also very few surprises. Juventus wake up, eat breakfast, brush their teeth, take out the trash, win a league game, come home, take a shower, go to sleep. Napoli, Hansas Wolo, their second straight loss to a Serie A elite. But Milik will have to play from here on out without his chain. Roma do their best to play poorly, but still pull out three points against the most uninteresting team in the world, Emily. Inter make it four league wins in a row against the decidedly mediocre Wall of Spall. Meanwhile, OTFR wake up from their Europa League nightmare to win their fifth out of six in the league and silence their own ultras. And Sampdoria, Milan, Parma, and Torino are all on the verge of a Lou Brown from Major League winning streak. Want to remind everybody out there, we got social media. You can find us at at Curve America, all one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find truly uh, uh, the podcast truly wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Tad, once they find us, what should they do? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're everywhere now that we're basically psychological warfare. You can hear us, you know, outside of a besieged city having the podcast blared on bullhorns. And so if you're in that besieged city and you hear the podcast, please, wherever you, wherever you can, please rate, rate and comment. Give us five stars. Let everybody know we're great. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're aiming for uh, uh, three uh, listens this week. That doesn't include all of our mothers. <laughs> Very true. All right. So with that, guys, we're going to jump right into it. Week eight, right before the international break, coming back with the Champions League spots. Up first is Juve versus Udinese. This one finished 2 nothing. It's a one-horse race, but we've got zebras versus the baby zebras. Marco, go ahead. Absolutely, and it's Golden State Juventus once again dominating the young ponies, or should I say zebrete, and they remain invincible, untouchable, anything you want to call them. I mean, I think they're the only team left that uh, has won every single game in all competitions. Uh, And after a good waxing of the young boys, they take the young zebras this week. Uh, I think that, I mean, this team is just ridiculous right now. No goals conceded in the Champions League. 18 goals scored in eight games played. Uh, Serie A, second best defend in Serie A uh, with only five goals conceded. And look, I'm having a conversation with my coworker who's a big Manchester United fan. Everybody knows that Manchester United is kind of in shambles right now. And uh, I tell him, hey, man, I, I'm sorry, but I, we, I, I think we both hate saying it, but Juventus is massive favorites against Man U uh, this coming up game in the Champions League. And he looks at me and goes, come on, man. I don't know, man. They play in Serie A. And I'm just like, man, these Man huge fans will never change. It's just Juventus right now dominating everybody, and they put up another good win, a two nothing performance, and uh, even Ronnie gets in there. I think that the uh, there was something published this week that uh, the coefficient in Europe right now actually has the uh, uh, Italy 
the Serie A is second behind only La Liga, uh, leapfrogging Germany and and uh, uh, England to be uh, uh, one of the better performing teams across Europe. Uh, no, no thanks, of course, to OTFR, but we saw the Serie A teams in the last uh, round of fixtures in, in Europe just, just wax everyone out. And, uh, you know, you bring up uh, uh, Juventus beating the Young Boys, which I don't even know where that team, what country that team is, is from, but I'm pretty sure Lil Wayne's on the team. Um, you know, Man U, that, that, that stunning three-goal second half uh, uh, that they had against uh, Newcastle this past weekend is going to come in to a buzz on Juventus. I mean, Juventus is basically like the Terminator at this point. You know, they're just walking in like, come with me if you want to live uh, and just, just methodically destroy all that are in their path. It's almost impossible to score on them. And now with their attack with Ronnie from the shore, uh, d- dishing out assists, blasting it in, creating havoc wherever they are. I mean, Mandzukic this week uh, we saw makes the short list for the Ballon d'Or. I, I just don't see a, a Manchester United team being able to take these guys, and certainly not an Udinese team who's been lackluster this whole season, just 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 destroyed in short order in this game. Uh, yeah, guys, it seems like uh, not much uh, challenge in the league for uh, Juventus, um, but maybe they will do big things up in uh, Champions League. Well, guys, I ha- go ahead, Mark. I have to. I have to get in here with a little anecdote because I was playing in men's league and, uh, you know, Douglas Costa has been uh, nowhere to be found as of late uh, between suspensions and injuries. I actually think I saw him last night. Uh, we were playing in a men's league game and, you know, had a little like body shoulder to shoulder with a guy and he comes, runs up to me and uh, spits in my face. I've never had that happen before. Uh, the next thing to happen was a, a big fight uh, and a just a an overall just cards being handed out left and right in the men's league, but uh, spitting in the face, I can attest to this is uh, just about the worst thing that you can see or feel uh, on on a soccer pitch. So I, I think if that happened to me, I would cease to be a human being. I would just I, I, I would explode into a ball of rage and I would body slam them someone so hard that they would poop their pants on impact. Just, I, I, I can't imagine. It's, uh, it happened a little bit. Uh, nobody pooped their pants, but there was definitely some, some, uh, some dropping of, uh, of spitters. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely just wanted to talk about that a little bit, just because we haven't seen Douglas Costa in a little bit, and I think I may have caught a glimpse of him. Douglas Costa, shame on you. If we're going to say something bad about Juventus, shame on you for setting such a terrible example that has now permeated into Washington, D.C. It has directly resulted in Marco Charla, the wonder boy of uh, Northwest D.C., catching, a, catching a, just a loogie in his face. So, I've, you know what? I've had enough of this Juventus team, and something must needs, needs to be done. That's all right. All right. Well, they get the win this week. We'll keep rolling on. We've got Napoli and Sassuolo up next. This one finished 2-0. Napoli swearing the Scudetto race isn't over. Uh, So take that, Juventus. But uh, they also seem to be embracing some new um, tactics here with a new coach and uh, player rotation. Didn't see a lot of that last year. So they have a big week of defeating Liverpool and champions, and then uh, Sassuolo to follow in the league. And so... um, it's not just the wins themselves, guys, but it's how. 
every uh, all the players this week uh, talking about the the post game match. Um, starting lineup they've had 10 different starting lineups in as many games with Ancelotti which is a huge difference from sorry last season that was the big knock on him uh not changing up the uh uh lineups to the point where they ran out of gas at the end of the season didn't have enough in the tank to finish it off potentially cost them the Scudetto so talking about guys like Simone Verdi his quote after this, after this was uh, on Ancelotti saying he takes everyone in consideration and makes sure everybody feels that they're they're important to the team. And then Insigne, who's getting a goal in this one, saying he's more relaxed, enjoying the game, and he likes Ancelotti's approach. So it seems to be working with the players, guys. And also, I have to say that in the beginning of the season, I felt like, well, Napoli seems a little bit disjointed compared to where they were last year, but... Starting now, uh, I don't know if the players are getting settling in and this getting their rotation. Maybe they're going to go far in both champions and Serie A. What do you think? Well, they've they've already taken a step ahead of uh, the Napoli team of last year, basically because it was just all in. Uh, you know, at, at the high stakes table in Vegas to win the Scudetto, they didn't achieve that. But we, you know, this this year. Direct opposite of that is they're winning big Champions League games. Yes, they had that draw against uh, Red Star, but it seems like Champions League is going to be a priority for them, which, you know, six points down already this early on the season and really no sign of anybody beating Juventus. Uh, you know, that's going to be an important thing for them, but let us not forget that, like, Maurizio Sarri is a good coach. Uh, maybe the Napoli players were a little tired of him feverishly smoking cigarettes and crashing drones into their heads uh, you know, while they were practicing. But Ancelotti, to the betterment of Napoli, is a more pedigreed and, you know, I, I would say probably a better coach out there. And I think that Napoli, you know, regardless if they win the Scudetto this year uh, or even heavily challenged is kind of a better team for it that he's going to be able to build that team over the long haul rather than you know never giving the starting 11 an oil change like Mauricio Sarri did yeah and I'm not surprised that Lorenz Vincini is feeling so limber and loose he's got six goals uh, which makes him second only to the Polish Pistolero uh, in the league and he's scoring in Champions League he's just on a hot streak right now every time he gets the ball you know what he's going to do. He's going to cut to his right foot. He's going to try to curl into the back back post. And, uh, I mean, for the most part, he puts it on frame and, and creates uh, creates goals or goal-scoring situations. So the team seems to be firing off all cylinders. Uh, one player that I would think that they should take into consideration at this point is uh, Jovinko. I think that he would fit right in to the Ant Army over there. This is a massive hot take. It's so hot I've just had to take my pants off. <laughs> yeah all right i mean easy uh, killer <laughs> to me the whole story for uh, for the napoli game for the napoli team this week is milik getting robbed i mean can this guy buy a break he's out here you know trying to date your local women on tinder and all that happens is he's getting like followed home from training sessions and now you know somebody sticks a gun in his face and uh, uh, he's gonna have to—he's he, gonna have to give up that no limit soldiers chain, and uh, it's just—it's unbelievable to me that this guy, like it, ACLs, this the experience that he's had in Napoli so far, and still plays well. How about uh, the other side of the ball, guys, uh, with Sassuolo here? Uh, my favorite part, honestly, uh, they've had a tough run here with the big clubs uh, and haven't really done well against them. But De Zerbi saying they fought for the point, concedes that the losses to Juve, Milan, Napoli, 
They all had similarities, which is frustrating for the him, for him and the club. But nevertheless, they're fighting and and doesn't want to concede those points. It just strikes me as the right mentality. Haven't seen that with mid-table teams. Sassuolo uh, just needs to be said again. We wish there were more clubs like this in Syria. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know they, they've had poor results against the Serie A elite so far, but they're still in eighth place with 13 points, which puts them one behind the fifth and sixth place teams. And for them, a top 10 finish uh, is, is a great result for them to build on it. And, uh, you know, a, a shot at striking distance of Europa League thing, you know, there's no shame in that game. Nobody expects them to take points off the Serie A elite, and the fact that they're hanging and they're beating the teams, uh, uh, they're beating their peers, it's, it's a good start for the season for them, and I think that any Sassuolo fans out there should be pretty proud of what they've achieved so far. All right. Up next, we've got Fiorentina and OTFR. Tad, you got this one. Uh, the one nothing OTFR win. OTFR, yes, started my weekend off with uh, 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 the morning game for these guys. 1-0 OTFR wins this. Uh, you know, they bounce back from that Europa League waxing uh, to slow the roll of a streaking Fiorentina State University that's got everyone super excited. And, you know, the guy who does it for him is Immobile. And uh, it, it blew my mind when he scored this goal that uh, they were saying that he, he had a curse against Fiorentina. He had never scored against him. Anybody else surprised that, uh, that, that Immobile busts his chair against Fiorentina when he's like 30 years old? Well, I mean, similar to uh, Insigne, it's time for Immobile to to kind of take this run of form and, and bring it into uh, the the national team. Uh, I'm happy for him scoring against Fiorentina, not really, but uh, you know, again, I think that this is a player that while I was watching this game, you know, it just what stands out to me is not just his eye for goal, his pace. Uh, I love to see a, a big striker that plays uh, with a lot of heart but then has a ton of pace to be able to uh, to go with it. And it just allows him to break through the defenses. And with that slick back look and that, you know, that the shave sides, I mean, this guy is straight out of Gamorra. And uh, I just I just think that Immobile just, again, needs to prove himself on an international stage here because he is clearly one of the top strikers in, in Italy. The other thing that blew me blew my mind, it just blew me away about uh, uh, about OTFR this week is, is the ultras, man. Uh, you know, the team shows up to the game this this week, and uh, you know, granted they had a, a, a tough derby loss to Roma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my nipples are still hard about that one. Um, but uh, you know, then just getting absolutely uh, uh, stomped out, just the brakes beaten off them um, in the uh, uh, in the Europa League. That the ultras decided to take it out on Milinkovic Savage and Luis Alberto hung a banner outside the stadium and said, Fake talents out for money. And, you know, I just can't help but think, like, you know, a, 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 a group of fans, how quickly they're able to turn on people like Milinkovic Savage and Luis Alberto. I mean, Milinkovic Savage didn't force his way out, you know, he, he stayed, appears to be happy on the team. They've won five out of their last six. And, uh, and just to, to, you know, go ham at him and Luis Alberto, who have been outside of Immobile, the two of the three best players on the team. I mean, do you think that these guys have a, a valid complaint after such a, a, just a short run of poor form to, to be hating on you know, some of the team's biggest stars? I mean, look, if you want your team to step up, you need your fans to step up too. Because last time I checked, 
uh, OTFR is putting just tiny numbers into the stadium. Uh, no matter who they play, it seems like. You know, like they're playing Fiorentina this week, and I'm I'm watching this game, you know, on ESPN Plus, and I'm thinking, man, you, you know, it's a damn shame because it really looks like the stadium is half empty. Uh, it usually is. Uh, and and then, you know, then you got these aggressive ultras that are just calling out their own players when realistically you got a, uh, an OTFR team sitting in fourth place um, only three points off of Napoli and in front of their hometown ri- hometown rivals. So, uh, look, you know, it's uh, the ultras are always interesting in in all of Italy. But you know, this is kind of this is kind of uh, just stepping out of line here. All right, so OTFR takes that one, guys. Up next, we've got Inter and Spal. This one finished one two with Inter with the W. Marco, you got this game. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the story here is that the Great Wall of Spal is no longer. And, uh, you know, Icardi lays siege to the Great Wall with a six-game winning streak. Inter is all of a sudden looking very good. And uh, I think at the beginning of the season, we were talking about Inter being the primary, um, you know, competitor to Juventus for that for that title spot. And I, they're finally starting to show their run of form here that they can potentially be in that conversation, uh, especially with being at the top of their group in the Champions League, arguably the group of death. Uh, so the the next couple months are going to be absolutely wild for Inter fans. I think this is something that all neutrals should be looking at because after the international break, they come back and they got the Milan Derby, which Ibrahimovic uh, said was the best derby uh, in Europe. So I will take anything that Ibrahimovic says as gold. He's got 21 goals in 25 games in the MLS, by the way. And he's being linked to AC Milan uh, in the winter break. So anyways, that I, I digress. Then after that, you play uh, before you play Juventus in December, they play Barca twice, OTFR, Piatic. Uh, and then a desperate Atalanta in Bergamo, Tottenham, and Roma at the Olimpico. So hashtag thank you ESPN Plus for allowing me to see all these games, especially Piatic against Inter, because I want to see him score more goals. But at the end of this of this run, I think Spalletti might want to schedule some appointments at the dermatologist. He's going to need some Botox treatment on his head uh, with all the wrinkles he's going to get after this next couple months of pure stress. Uh, and again, just an absolutely crazy schedule. You know, I was thinking about this and Icardi, you know, he's, he's slowly just hitting the accelerator on the season. Um, in Europe, he's been, he's been taken out the trash. He's been scoring left and right. And now he's starting to get his form underneath him in uh, in in the league and enter. Just the, the the stack team that they have is really seeming to come together. You know they, they're they're on their second year under Spalletti's uh, under Spalletti's tutelage. You know I, I think you're right. I think this is the make or break time for Inter in the season if they're gonna if they're gonna try and possibly make a run of the title or at least like firm themselves as you know we're back baby. Um, are these games that we're seeing, and and I, I'm I'm excited to see them. They're 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 a wildly entertaining team, and the fact that they were to put basically be able to blast another hole in the mediocre Wallace ball, um, I'm looking forward to this derby uh, as much as I've looked forward to any game this season so far. Yeah, and uh, Spal, I mean they play with style. You know, it's 
unfortunate for them that we found such a great nickname uh, because uh, after they after that they just started crumbling. Uh, and you know, even though Felipe, uh, the, their the, their defender said that they deserve to win this game, uh, you know, unfortunately they're just they they're just they don't have the players to compete against a team like like Inter. I will say that Spall, our ex giant killers, play a good game um, and just good good football all around. Uh, but look, they've just really hit a terrible run of form ever since the the granting of the Great Wall of Spall. It's just too catchy to be true, man. Um, but last thing I wanted to mention is that uh, there's some links of the of current GM uh, Beppe Marotta from uh, from Juventus potentially going to Inter. So you may see some transfer of power there. And again, Inter just more more signs pointing to Inter coming back into the scene. Uh, you know, ever since the, the Jose Mourinho era where they won the tripleta, they've kind of fallen off. Uh, but we're starting to see some revival here, and it's exciting for the entire city. Yeah. Spall, four losses in a row, man. Four losses in a row. And, they, and the next team they have is Roma. So uh, uh, hopefully they don't go into free fall because they're the team. They're, they're, they're my they're my, uh, uh, they're my Crotone. So I'm, I'm pulling for them, but four losses in a row is, is tough. They haven't haven't pulled out a W since beating Atalanta, which at the time seemed like a great feat. But so so uh, as as we've seen recently, that Atalanta is having their own problems. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. Well done. Finished Champions League off. We've got Genoa versus Parma. This one finished three one in Parma's favor. The Polish Pistolero opens up scoring again. Parma grabbed three goals and three points with a comeback win in this one. Got to start with the main storyline of Serie A this entire week. The Polish Pistolero himself, Piatek. Eight goals in six Serie A games. Guys, this guy's on fire. What do you think? Well, I picked him up in fantasy and was very excited to see that uh, he had scored a goal that I hadn't gotten too late to the dinner party. Uh, the tea was still warm. But unfortunately, I dropped uh, Fat Boy G. Iguain to pick him up, and Iguain gets the, gets a brace in this one. So I mean, no matter what, it, it seems like this guy's gonna get his. He's gonna, you know, he's he, he's he's gonna in this case take the first slice of pizza, um, and, and and no matter what happens, he's he's gonna find the goal. And apparently, they talked to his old coach, and he's like, "Yep, not too surprised. This guy's an incredible striker. I taught him everything he knows." Hmm. And good on you for that. staying on uh, with the fantasy league because I have absolutely given up on fantasy. I can't find time to check the roster before the the league starts. Well, so. I did a very controversial thing by picking up uh, uh, Piatek, so uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was a tough decision uh, to pick the guy who scored 14 goals uh, so far in the season across all competitions. <laughs> You know, this guy, this guy's amazing right now, and I'm happy to say that we have uh, officially copyrighted and trademarked the Polish pistolero. So maybe that's one way we can finally start bringing in some money here. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, exciting to see, and uh, also for Genoa, they've got something to celebrate, even uh, if the victories aren't coming. On the other side of the ball, guys. Three beautiful goals from Parma. One coming from a former Genovese midfielder, Luca Rigoni, with a tap-in goal. Siligardi gets one with an upper 90 laser for a goal at Zoll. And then 
Cheravallo, final goal in the game. I have to note, guys, 30th minute was the final goal in this one. So hope you got to your seats early because all the scoring happened in the first 30 minutes. Must have been pretty lame uh, thereafter. Well, I tell you what, if, if, if this game we had a, uh, a Roma Club DC crawfish boil before it, we definitely would have missed the entire thing having to clean up before we went in the stadium. But uh, <laughs> Parma, I mean, just surprise team. They, they, uh, their team players on the team are saying that their goal this year is just not to get relegated. I mean, after eight games, they find themselves in 13 points uh, at ninth place, uh, just basically a goal differential. So they're within striking distance uh, of a Champions League spot. You know, they pick up Gervinho, the Jerv, uh, you know, has, has had a phenomenal season. It looks like it's really coming together so much so. Like, I'm like, yeah, maybe I need to pick up one of these Parma jerseys so I can curse them before they play Roma. Uh, but, you know, have a fantastic start to the season for these guys. And, and you know, bagging three goals, um, bagging three goals against, uh, uh, you know, a, a perennial Serie A team like Genoa, and, you know, coming from behind when the hottest player in the Serie scores right away. I mean, this team has been nothing but impressive to me so far. Absolutely. And and, and that you made a good point here, man, uh, that you have a Padma team in ninth place. There's just in striking distance uh, of third place. I mean, three points out from, uh, from Inter. And then you just scroll down the league and the 12th place Genoa is at 12 points. Um, and... You know they're only two points out from uh, Europa League, so it's a tight upper portion of the table. Other than Juventus, just uh, you know leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. Uh, and I'm just liking how uh, competitive Serie A is this this year. It's it's quality. Absolutely. All right, so Parma rolls on. Up next, we've got Torino and Frosinone. This one finished three two. Tad, you got this one. Go ahead. You know what I mean. This in all sincerity. This is a high-flying offensive goal storm uh, that includes two prolific attacking teams in Torino and Frosinone, and I definitely don't mean that because neither of these teams have been uh, goal-scoring threats at all. In Torino, uh, is the perennial underachiever, loaded with talent, can't seem to break that top-10 mark. They nearly blow a two-goal lead, and it takes... Uh, Alex Berenguer uh, to save the Bulls from just absolute shame after going up 2-0 uh, to Frosinone and, and gets the, the late winner. And, you know, I talk, I joke about this, these teams, you know, having a 3-2 game and, and, and not being prolific goal-scoring teams. This is the first multiple goal game for Torino since week two against Inter. And, I mean, to me, that just makes me think this Frosinone team who's been just housed by everybody that they play you know, they've been beaten 5-0, they've beaten 4-0, they've been beaten 3-0, they've been beaten 2-0, and they've been beaten 1-0. Uh, you know, how, how bad they have to be to allow this Torino team to score this many goals. And on the other side of that, Torino, how disappointing do you have to, do you have to be in this team if you look at the talent they have? Up top, they have Simone Zaza and Andrea Belotti. And Belotti is just, he's just pedestrian this, this year so far. Zaza, for his part... He's been pretty good the last weeks, uh, the last two weeks. He had a goal last week and an assist in this one. He gets the Italy call up, even though he pulled out of training uh, uh, today, apparently on the threat of a calf injury. But like, what? How do you guys feel about this this Torino team? I mean, they get the three two win, but they just they they, they haven't seemed to be able to put it together. Well, like you said, I mean, they got some players on the team that can make that making the difference, you know, um, 
but unfortunately, they just haven't been able to get enough production. Uh, between Belotti, Zaza, uh, Veselli, you know, here's our players that you know are 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 quality. I like Daniele Baselli. He's a young Italian. Uh, Simone Zaza has had some experience with some big teams, and Belotti, we all know the ninety dollar, ninety million euro man uh, from a couple seasons ago. So um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they've been underperforming as much as they have this season. Uh, obviously, they can score some goals and they can be a, a real threat. Uh, but you know, the more I hear Simone Zaza's name, the more I can't help but wish that we got a couple games with him on Roma uh, and that, you know, maybe just uh, Inzonzi crossing the ball to uh, Zaza and then, you know, looking at that that duo on the uh, on the score sheet for an assist and a goal. It's uh, Inzonzi to Zaza. What do you think about that, that's, Tad? That's, that's fun to say. It also does kind of sound like a disease that you get from a mosquito bite. But Torino has managed to put together – Two wins in a row, so they're 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 one away from that Lou Brown win, winning streak. Do their best to try and blow this one, but you know if you think about this other team, Frozy no goals quietly bags two in this one. And last week you remember they got their first goal of the season, two in this one. This brings up their season total to three goals. And I just you know as a uh, as a Frozy no goals fan. You can't help but be optimistic about about the prospects of your team going forward. I mean, is the arrow pointing north on this team? Frozen no goals. What, what are they threatening a chance to uh, uh, maybe get a point, maybe three points, maybe score three goals? Uh, what what are, is is the sky the limit for this frozen no team? I think relegation beckons. Uh, it's going to be hard. Uh... They're no Benevento, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they are so bad that they've been talking about axing their coach Mourinho Longo uh, you know, it, to take on Giampero Ventura, which has to be the saddest move that would ever be done at an Italian uh, uh, coaching position. Um, I, I, think I'd rather have, I think I'd rather have a blow-up doll in a suit than Ventura to bring his stink of failure into this team. So... But they're thinking maybe this is Mourinho uh, uh, Longo's last game at the helm for Frosinone, and all I have to say to that is, who cares? Peace. <laughs> let's let's Sorry. get let's get him up out the paint. We're talking what is this? Six straight, seven straight losses for him. I mean, come on, that's just that's just that can't be done. But I would still probably take him over Ventura. Bad news for the Canaries down in Frosinone. All right, up next we've got Sampdoria taking on Atalanta. This one finished 0-1, and Marco has the game. Oh, man, Atalanta fans are rallying behind their team to try to get this shit back on course. The stadium's packed. They haven't won a game since match day one. The entire city rallying behind them. They still can't get it done. Uh, Atalanta now podcast firing on all cylinders at this point, showing their frustration in their latest tweet. I believe it was a guy smashing his computer screen as they're trying to put together the pod. Uh, But at the same time, Sampdoria keep up an incredible run of form. Um, Yes, they have the least goals conceded. I said it earlier. It's, uh, It's the second best goal differential in Italy, but four goals against... That is a very good defense, and it is uh, it is 
basically allowed Tonelli to earn himself a call-up. He scored a header this weekend uh, against Atalanta, and then he gets called up to the national team after Romagnoli gets injured. So look, uh, Sampdoria, I think people can get behind that. It looks like their jerseys uh, uh, are similar to the Icelandic national team, but right now they're sitting pretty in fifth place with 14 points equal with uh, Roma, but ahead of them on goal differential. I think we can all get excited about Sampdoria. Um, obviously not now that I said that they're equal with Roma, uh, but just in general because they got the quags. Uh, Gaston Ramirez has been playing well. Uh, it's just, again, uh, one of those teams that you you can't help but uh, hold dear to your hearts when they're having such a good season. Uh, and Atalanta is just on the, on the complete opposite end of that freaking spectrum. Yeah, you got to think uh, uh, with you know them riding the the heels of a tragedy in the season. It's you know it's kind of the second of these feel good stories that we've seen. Kind of the 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 rose growing from concrete after tragedy with Davide Astori last year igniting Fiorentina to be a, a legitimate force in the Serie A, and now Sampdoria. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they they have these they have some young exciting players. I mean, Nicola Muru, uh, I think, is an up and coming defender that we will see on the. At Suri before long, um, you know, you forget that Gianluca Comprati is still on this team, um, and he's only still 25 years old. So, and you know, Dennis Priat, who uh, spent a lot of the beginning of the season injured, uh, is coming back into form, and you know, he was quality last season. So, I'm excited to see that. But then on the other side, you know, you, you're right, Marco. Atalanta, yikes! I mean, how long before uh, we start to? We start to put the Bunsen burner underneath uh, underneath uh, Gasparini's seat with the, these results that we're seeing. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this guy, I think he's in the hearts of the fans. Uh, and they can't let him go, but they need some sort of, uh, you know, they need some sort of fresh air on, onto this scene because uh, Atalanta right now just down in the dumps. And even though they played decent this game, just not enough, you know, and they've, I mean, it's unbelievable to think that they've only won one game uh, and that was match day one. And then they had that great performance with their B team against Roma. We're going to keep talking about that. Uh, it's just disappointing to see our, uh, you know, Cinderella team from a couple seasons now uh, just kind of fall, fall short of, of their expectations. Uh, definitely in the Europa League, but just like doing so terribly in, uh, in Serie A. They are lucky. They are very lucky that there are teams like Chievo with negative one, Frosinone with one point, and an Empoli team that they'll probably be fighting for here neck and neck uh, for that last uh, relegation spot. And so luckily Empoli is just garbage. So uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, only two points in the last six. I mean, it would take an incredible run of form for them to put themselves in the Europa conversation again. Gasparini, the Italian Almer Fudd, really looks like he's never going to be able to uh, 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 to uh, get that bunny rabbit. They're just they they just they need answers, and I don't have them for him other than uh, maybe Papo Gomez needs to write another hit. All right. Up next, we've got Roma and Empoli. This one finished 2-0 in Roma's favor, thank God. Everyone's feelings before this one, guys. That's how I want to open it. I was feeling this one. We've gone two weeks ago from Bologna. I can't believe I'm saying that. That was only two weeks ago. In between that, we've had a Derby win, a Champions League win, and an international break looming. 
for me, this is the perfect recipe for disaster for Roma. Uh, I'm such a Roma fan. Uh, that uh, we were going to drop points here. That's just it was too perfect for us not to mess this up. What were you guys thinking before the game kickoff? I was thinking that thank God Empoli is trash. They're so bad that their jerseys say gross. Um, you know, <laughs> they're so bad that they're sponsored by a trucking company, like a minor league team coming in and, and playing the big club. And I just, I, I've thought to myself that Roma, if they score a goal, they're just going to try and hold on to that for dear life and ride this into the, into the champions, sorry, into the international break. That's basically exactly what happened. Uh, they get that second goal, which allowed me to basically unclinch my sphincter um, for the second half of this game, which Roma played terrible. But going into this one, I, I, yeah, it's a classic Roma trap game that uh, uh, they have to score first. <laughs> that this this is a game that historically would lose, especially after it seems like you know when the plane crashed in the mountain, things had just been been far too good. Well, on the flip side, I was expecting a win here. And so as soon as I started seeing how the game was uh, evolving, I was like, oh, man. Oh, no. This is this is going to be a tie, a dirty tie again. I mean, I know we went up a goal in the first half, but the second half, they were so flat-footed and they were just allowing Empoli and absorbing tre- uh, pressure throughout the second half. And I was I'm so relieved to see, uh, you know, Jekyll get a goal at the end there. We kind of squeaked that what that two nothing out but um before the match i was expecting roma to get a result here so i mean maybe i was expecting uh, a little too much i don't know uh i just you're right chris this is kind of setting itself up for a disappointment yeah fortunately it didn't go that way but boy did we give empoli every chance uh in in uh this game to to make it equal and steal points here Credit to Roma first. We did have Enzoni getting on the score sheet. 36-minute, calming our nerves a little bit. But, man, Empoli had a PK. They skied. I saw that live. It was unbelievable how bad that PK went. Um, and then, finally, we get uh, Checo with the uh, uh, go-ahead uh, to goal to kind of calm our nerves down for the rest of the game. But after the match, EDF acknowledging Roma played with complacency. That is the most Roma word ever in my mind. We got the international break coming. We've got Stella got her groove back going right now. We've been playing real well after the Bologna disaster. And then we start taking our pedal, our, our foot off the uh, gas here. And uh, that's typically how Roma plays it. So fortunately, it didn't uh, culminate in a loss. But boy, did we almost let it happen. Yeah, we get one more Patsy in, in Spall next week, which, you know, for Roma, it's never really Patsy's. Every game could be a trap game before we get the big tests against uh, uh, Napoli in the end of October. Um, but, you know, this is a Roma team that has taken some licks so far, and miraculously, because of our recent run of form, we find ourselves in sixth place and basically, you know, uh, 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 three points away from being in third. Uh, if every other t- if, int- if Inter, uh, OTFR, and Sampdoria would all lose, uh, please God, Christmas come early. Um, but this, you know, uh, uh, Roma did well enough, and the fact that uh, uh, we can all breathe a sigh of relief. I know that Derossi. It seems it came out that he broke a, a bone in his foot this this game, which is. It's, it's fragile in the midfield right now with uh, uh, the leadership that we have there that uh, uh, at least we get to breathe a sigh of relief for two weeks 
and have one game that we should definitely win before we get another real challenge in the Serie A. Yeah, I just want last uh, shout out here. I got the new Thoughty book. Um, is incredible how he released that out and he rented out the Coliseum to release his book. How incredible is that? Um, but need to pay homage to him in other ways. Uh, we witnessed just yet another Roman making his debut for the team. Luca Pellegrini has so much promise. His brother, uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, just scored a back heel in the derby. Of course, we know Florenzi and De Rossi have been lifelong Romanisti. I mean, there's very few teams out there, that, uh, especially bigger teams, that have these players that were born in the city, came up through the youth ranks, and sticking with the team You know, despite their, their high price tag and potential uh and so it's just again homage to Totti for everything he's done and in, in, including you know having this generational approach uh for this roman team and i would love to see just a one time in my life 11 romans in the starting lineup how awesome would that be <laughs> I, I i think you have to go to the u uh, like the u14 team for that to happen um but i mean like dude how pimpin is it for Toti to rent out the Coliseum. Like, too much. Is, is that it's the most pimping thing ever? I mean, it, does that make him like the Cat Williams of Rome? That he's just like, I got the Coliseum. <laughs> it's too much. I can't even... I, I was telling my friends uh, at work, and I said, yeah, you know, this is a guy... That, uh, I've heard of Toti. Yeah, I've heard of him in Roma. Yeah, yeah. well, you should know that he rented the, the Coliseum because he just came out with an autobiography. It's like, What? So I didn't even know the the Coliseum was rentable. It's like it's not. Yeah, did he did he like jump out of a plane and parachute into this and actually <laughs> fight a lion in there with his bare hands? I mean, you could tell me all those things. Uh, 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 the, after after he he pulls, you know, the the dopest Rome Roma move of all time. I think the only other person to ever rent out the Coliseum is the Pope. All right, so Roma finishes off strong for the international break. Up next, we've got Milan and Chievo. This one finished 3-1 Chievo. Go ahead, Tad. Well, Milan in this one, man, they're starting to make this turnaround. Uh, uh, and it's, you know, it's good. It's good. They're, they're, they're going to give uh, Milan Club Philly some uh, uh, excitement for when they make their trip in, in November. You know, they're still stuck, unfortunately, um, in 10th place, but... We got a, we got the potential of a Lou Brown winning streak, and uh, how they do it in this one is with style points. Suso, who uh, I think we all agree is 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 quite possibly the best player on Milan's team, with a with a hat trick of assists in this one. You get a, a fat boy G brace in this one after I dropped him in fantasy. But uh, this is a team that you know, kind of like what Roma did with uh, EDF, has responded to um, to a certain extent to. Uh, you know, the kind of the calls for the coach being fired, uh, for them to kind of blow this thing up. And, uh, you know, they, they, they do beat up a bunch of old guys in this one, but they do get a 3-1 result. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, how are you guys feeling about Milan after this uh, a 3-1 victory with the Suso hat trick of assists? I hope they keep Gattuso. Uh, he's getting re- results, and uh, he's just such a character that I hope they keep him. And... Uh, I don't know. I think they're really going to they're going to be right there with us uh at the end of the season, I think. Uh, both Roma and Milan are not what they used to be, but they're uh good teams that are going to vie for that last Champions League spot. Rigno, man, I loved him as a player. I think he can definitely 
keep this uh, keep this energy going and throughout the team. And again, did I mention Ibrahimovic potentially on the horizon here to come back like uh, David Beckham did and Henri did uh, because the MLS seasons uh, they're done in after the winter. Uh, how incredible would it be for for him to come back? Uh, and again, if at that time Rino Gattuso is uh, his coach. I still remember when they were playing together and, you know, just like Rino Gattuso used to do with everybody, you'd go up to Ibra and, and Ibra would slap him and he would slap Ibra and they would get each other all pumped up before games and after goals. Um, so again, we, he, that's the, that's the kind of uh, personality that the league needs. And, and same with this team. I cannot wait for the Derby right after the international break. It's going to be sweet. Well, for Kievo in this one, guys, did you see who scored for the geriatric donkeys? I did. I'm glad you caught this. Very happy to see this. Pelissier. I, I think he's the first man to score at 1,000 years old. Um, <laughs> and I uh, actually wasn't t- too uh, surprised to see this. Apparently, before the game, they told him if he scored, uh, he would get uh, uh, his AARP uh, uh, membership renewed for free for five years. Um, so uh, 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 just like the good old days uh, back at the turn of the millennia, uh, that being the year 1000, uh, Pelissier is scoring in the Serie A again. All right. And we finish off with the last game, Bologna versus Cagliari. This one finished 2 nothing in Cagliari's favor. Marco, go ahead. Yeah, and Team Meat Sauce is made into ragu from uh, pa- Pavoletti and the gang in 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 Cagliari, look, Team Meat Sauce in shambles. There's a couple teams that are in shambles right now. Team Meat Sauce is one of them. Inzaghi says he didn't like the attitude of the team in this loss, and I pulled that quote just out for Chris. Um, look, the Inzaghi poll percentages uh, have taken a significant dip this week. Um they have Torino, Sassuolo, Atalanta, and Chievo before Fiorentina. This could be a make-or-break moment for Inzaghi because although all three, all four of those games are attainable points, uh, if they don't get them, well, you know that that brodone that uh, that Inzaghi's sitting in is going to start heating up, and then you know, like I said, the ragu is going to be uh, served on the table. Uh, Another packed stadium here in Cagliari, and it, I just love seeing when uh, you know a, a team like Bologna is coming into a stadium in Cagliari and it's packed. Uh, I think there's some excitement in the Cagliari faithful. Uh, and Ted, I just wanted to remind you that this is your original team. Uh, you know, from when we first started the podcast, you chose this team as the team that you were going to follow faithfully. Um, and I think that you need to uh, get back on that because this is a team that is uh, a little exciting right now. They're they're sitting quietly in 13th. Nothing to uh, nothing to get too excited about, but uh, life it could certainly be worse for the Sardi. Yeah, I, I'm holding on for them to get the stadium. Uh, I, I still have the jersey, uh, and, and actually, I know I still have the jersey because it's a double XL Kappa. And if anyone's ever worn one of the Kappa uh, uh, jerseys for the Serie A jerseys, I'm still wearing it because once I put it on, it's impossible for me to take off. It is now a part of me. It is painted onto my body. Um, but Barella, man, I mean, it's the whole thing with him. He's got to stick around. He's got to he's got to stay there uh, uh, for me uh, uh, to to continue the hype because I don't think pa- Pavoletti and his uh, dental situation is going to be enough to keep me nailed to this team. Um, two things I have to say about this game: one, um, 
what are what are we putting the Inzaghi bowl at, uh, uh, odds at on this one? We had him at we had him at as high as thirty three point three 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 percent last week, but they get waxed out by Cagliari. And you say they're going the 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 percentage is going lower. Where, where are we rating? Are we bringing it back down to twenty five percent area? Keeping it in the twenties, keeping it under thirty, but above twenty five. I I got them at twenty percent, man. I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, I had mentioned, you know, they got some games that they can win coming up, but just the way Bologna has been this season, they're going to disappoint in at least two or three, two or three out of those four. I mean, they are playing Kievo with negative points, leading into a Fiorentina team that I would expect to wax them out. Uh, but they don't if they're not able to beat Atalanta. Uh, and then maybe Torino, Sassuolo is probably going to beat them. Uh, I think that I think that Inzaghi's in trouble. I mean, somebody's got to write a letter to the to the to the Lega Serie A and say, "Hey, please, we're lo- we just want to see these two shake hands at at midfield, uh, so that you can't see you know who's coaching which team uh, at the end you know in December, and then you can fire both of them." Yeah, I need I need two Inzaghi mullets staring at each other. I need that the Inzaghi mullet to be like the decal that you see before uh, the highlights of each game. Like, uh, benvenuto Serie A team. And it's just these two mullets facing each other. Um, well, Bologna, they're only two points out of the danger zone. And fortunately for them, um, Empoli Gross is the team that they're ahead of. So... I think if they stay clear on that, we're going to get to see him until the end of the uh, uh, at the end of the uh, 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 first half of the season. But I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna meet you in the middle. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go back 25. percent The other thing I don't know if you guys saw before this game started. Um, I was blown away. Uh, you know how uh, uh, usually before a game starts, both teams will come out with children. And they'll walk them out on the field and they'll stand there. You got, you guys know that, right? Yeah. Did you see in this one that they came out with Kievo's team? They walked out holding the hands of uh, of the of the Kievo team. Or actually, it wasn't Kievo. It was just a bunch of old people. Um, <laughs> they they walked out with the elderly, and uh, it, it was really really heartwarming. It apparently inspired Polissier to score a goal this week that he got to go out with with Shang Yach. He got to go out with such young whippersnappers in the Calgary Bologna team. Maybe it was National Grandparents Day or something. Yep. Or maybe it wasn't. All right. There we go. Kievo on the on two fields this week. We wait, wait. Finish. We got breaking news here, guys. I apologize. I know we're trying to wrap up here, but uh, I just saw a video online uh, of Tom Hardy accepting a Roma jersey. I saw it on AS Roma official. I just had to put it out there. Uh, everybody loves Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy loves Roma. Just saying. He got saying. He, he got two jerseys. He's got one that said Hardy on the back, and he had one that said Venom on the back. And I saw that. I didn't see the sound. But I was just like, what the hell is going on here? And the look on his face as he had to like pretend like this was like a great gift for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, said this is amazing. He said he was going to put it uh, in a... Uh, He's going to put it inside of a, what the hell is it called? A frame. Jesus. He said he was going to put it inside of a frame, so I don't know. Maybe it meant something. and Maybe he has a big-ass room in his basement where he puts a bunch of these things he doesn't care about in frames. All right. Kind of ended on a positive note there with uh, 
Tom Hardy accepting a Roma jersey. That finishes off week eight, guys. Well done. We've got the international break. We'll see what Italy can do and also the U.S. team. Always curious how uh, our boys in red, white, and blue will do. Until two weeks from now, ragazzi di Shamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.